Good morning, everyone. It's time for Michigan Sports Talk Morning Show. Broadcasting live all across the state of Michigan and Northwest Ohio. This is X's and Bros. Rise and shine, folks. Welcome back here. Hour number two on this Thirsty Thursday, broadcasting live all across the great state of Michigan and in Northwest Ohio as well, from Traverse City down to the Glass City GR to the Motor City. We say good morning to you. We welcome you. We thank you. We appreciate you. And, of course, we encourage you. Join the program at any time. Text the keyword sports radio. Send that to 21,000. Sports radio to 21,000. Meyer Supercenter guest line 248-951-2176. 248-951-2176. Run Twitter at XB Mornings. Facebook, X's and Bros. And, of course, good morning to our television audience as well. BCSN and streaming live on our YouTube page at Michigan Sports Network at a dot com to that to find our website. XP mornings at gmail.com is our fan feedback email inbox. And you can find us all individually on Twitter. Danny Kahalen is a Dan of the studio. Ryan Elke is at Ryan L underscore key. And I'm Anthony Bellino at AC Bellino. Dan, will you be working Bally uh, Sports tonight? I am indeed, yes. Ooh, uh, very exciting. Pistons? Right, yeah. Pistons are on the road at the Magic, yes. And then uh, Red Wings at home against the Rangers. Correct, yes. All right, Red Wings, Rangers, is that going to be a, is that a Bally Sports Detroit? Let are, we, me are we doing a plus here. or are we doing an ESPN? We have uh, the Red Wings, Rangers on the regular and the Pistons, Magic on the extra. Oh, man, Bally Sports extra. That's how you know the priority priorities shifted here. And that's the right call. Got to get the wings on. And you're working the, the, the Pistons over the wings. Well, the the Red Wings are at home. So that broadcast will be from the arena. That makes sense. And then, yeah, the road, obviously. You know, Mickey and Grant or Tim. And then Johnny Kane. Is smooth Johnny Kane? Orlando. Is he back in the States? Oh, that's a good question. Maybe he's probably... He's only got to go to Orlando from Puerto Rico. So last I checked, he was in the he was in the middle of the jungle. He looked like you know. I, I was like, wow, this guy. Did you see that the uh, the little the pond hopper that he was in a couple days ago? He showed a video of it landing. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. To get to where they were where, where they were going, then he ended up in this jungle. Uh, you know what? Maybe we just got to have him on to talk about his trip. I mean, we did it for Paris. Why wouldn't we do it for this Puerto Rico? Point. Like he's tell in, us about your vacation. Yeah, Johnny. I Kane. need a Netflix all access series on Johnny Kane. Now that's worth watching. Give me, I mean, Paris, Puerto Rico. Maybe he can hit Panama. Maybe Peru. Yeah. We'll do all the we, all the we, peas. We've needed a long replacement for Anthony Bourdain. So Johnny Kane, come on down. Hey, the next time we have him on, can we play the clips from the most interesting man in the world? I think that would be good. You remember those, uh, what was it, Dos Equis? Those commercials? That'd be a good idea. Yeah. Uh, who is the most important coach manager in Detroit right now, Dan Campbell, A.J. Hinch, or Derek Lalone? Uh, probably Dan Campbell because football is king, so I would go with Dan Campbell there. 
Uh, there, there wasn't uh, buses. There weren't buses before. That's the difference now. I, buses have always been a part of my life, so I can't speak to what it was like before buses. Um, but I will, I, I mean, I, got, I guess I got to take your word for it. Uh, Dan and Ryan should get paid double for driving early in the ice. Today's Vanilla Ice Ice Baby bumper music. Get a little Ice Ice Baby? Uh, Dan, I, Dan probably has a little Vanilla Ice in there. Uh, I would watch it if they followed you around, A.B. Life is really not that exciting. Um, just a, It's just a lot of driving. That's all that is. Imagine if Stafford didn't demand L.A. but instead went to Carolina and we landed Panay Sewell and Micah Parsons. How would I got it? Sometimes when I see things like this, I'm trying to go back in my mind and run through the filing cabinet that's up there. Maybe that Cowboys pick was uh, was Carolinas. Was Carolinas? I Perhaps? mean, if we, if we would have landed, I, I, Micah Parsons has taken a lot of flack uh, from Detroiters because he said, "Who wants to live in Detroit?" It's. I mean, I, I whatever, Micah Parsons. Sure. Okay. But that would be, I mean, you talk about what ifs, like, dear God, can you imagine? I mean, you're talking about cornerstone pieces there. Thank God we got Panay Sewell. Uh, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm very, very happy with that selection. Maybe we can get our version of Micah Parsons coming up, but that would be, uh, you know, that would have that solved a lot of questions at the linebacker position. Will they follow Zach's mom? Zach's mom? Uh. I is think he, it's the other one. Zach, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Like, will they follow him chasing people's moms around? So Carolina had the the following pick after Panay Sewell. Okay. All in right, that so draft. Back back. Wait, and who'd they, they select? J.C. Horn. Joe Horn's Ooh, kid. Yeah. Here are the picks after between Sewell and Parsons. It was J.C. Horn to Carolina. Patrick Sertain the second to Denver. Devonta Smith to Philadelphia. Chicago traded up for Justin Fields, and then at 12, Micah Parsons to Dallas. That's why when we were talking about, you know, the Lions and people were getting a little uh, weary about, you know, worrying about the pick. I mean, that's between 7 and 12. Goodness gracious. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very rare where you feel, and, and maybe we'll get more of this as the game continues to evolve um, and it, it feels like college guys are a little bit more. There's going to be busts. There are going to be guys that don't work out. It, it happens in every draft. Uh, it's an it's a you know an imperfect science in order to be able to draft well. But maybe we're seeing it's pretty strong. Well, I mean, yeah, one through thirteen. You look at it. The only two people where you're like, I don't know, Jim, are picks two and three of Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. Yeah, they well they they overdrafted the quarterback position. Right. It's Trevor I mean, Lawrence one one, Kyle Pitts four, who seems he has his value. Oh yeah. Chase, Waddle, Sewell, Horn, Sertain, Smith, <clears throat> Fields, Parsons, Rayshon Slater to the Chargers yep. at thirteen. Like And to be honest with you, Rashawn Slater and Panay Sewell were basically one and inter- two interchangeable. interchangeable. Yeah. Yeah. And and they both had they both had really good careers and th- and that's great. Like I didn't I don't want the Chargers to draft the guy and then you know to root against the guy because we didn't draft him. Like no, we got the guy that we wanted, uh, which is which is great. But that is that's quite a list right there. That's why I feel pretty confident with the Lions at six and the Lions at eighteen uh, in this in this coming draft. All right, what else is going on in the sports world? We'll try to get you all caught up with all the happenings. We'll do so right now in the headlines. 
Big news. I have a little news flash. Let's check the headlines. No, it's real news for once. The biggest stories of the local, regional, and national news. This is huge news. The Titans have released longtime left tackle Taylor Lewan and wide receiver Bobby Trees, a.k.a. Robert Woods. Uh, both of those guys are, uh, are gone inside linebackers. That Cunningham and kicker Randy Bullock, they are out as well. The Titans have uh, been approximately $23.3 million over the cap before the moves. They released Lewan, 14.8. Woods was 12. Cunningham was 8.9. Bullock was 2. The Titans saved approximately 37 million dollars uh Lewan was a three-time pro bowler but look he's missed a ton of games he signed a massive contract five years 80 million and he just he just hasn't played long enough you know two acl surgeries in three years you guys played in only 20 games over the last three seasons played in 20 missed 30 that's a bad mix right and the way he's Lewan has talked uh this off season on his podcast or on social media bussing he knew this was coming Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I make too much money and haven't played enough games to be on this roster right now. So yeah. he, it was football uh, this year because they uh, busting with the boys uh, group at Michigan football uh, this year because they uh, busting with the boys uh, group at Michigan football. Uh, this year because they have the bus and bowl longtime college coach willie taggart has joined the uh, baltimore Ravens staff panthers jim caldwell said that he is done seeking nfl coaching uh, head coaching jobs warriors steph curry is going to be reevaluated in one week with his injury uh, brad marchand said nobody cares about the records in the bruins locker room uh, the star winger said that people have talked a lot about some of those records that we could potentially hit or have hit nobody cares about that in this room we could care less um, about any of those regular season records because they really don't mean anything. Through 56 games, the Bruins are on pace for 133 points, which would surpass the 76-77 record of 132 points set during an 80-game season. So it's, it's Shea Weber to the Coyotes. They play in a small building. And Alabama's brand defenseman Shea Weber to the Coyotes. They play in a small building. And Alabama's brand defenseman Shea Weber to the Coyotes. They play in a small building. And Alabama's Brandon Miller, who was okay to play, Scored a career-high 41, including the game winner last night against South Carolina 78-76 in Columbia. We'll step aside. Back with more X's and Bros after this here on the Michigan Sports Network. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth? You might just find consistently rooted success can be pretty enjoyable. You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Get more for your money this week at Meyer. Right now, when you buy six select items, you'll save $3, including Prego Pasta Sauce, Dan and & Light and & Fit, or Oiko's Greek Yogurt, and Meyer Food Storage Bags. Plus, Coca-Cola or Pepsi products are buy six, save $3, plus deposit where applicable. And pay the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop, in-store or online. Get more for your money at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. From planting a simple seed to managing a global food supply, growing, processing, and distributing food is the backbone of America. You deal with food safety and labor issues, cost control, and not to mention Mother Nature. But do you have time to explore research development and biotechnical tax credits? Properly administer payroll for temporary employees. Ensure that you're operating at your most profitable. That's where we come in. We're Bean Garter. 
And while your business is America's food supply, our business is helping you run your business better. We'll assist with tax credits, assess your processes and controls, and so much more. And while we may not be able to help you plant your crops, we can help you realize a rich financial harvest. From the family farm to worldwide distribution of all the things you grow, grow your business better. Experience service, expertise, and simplicity at Bean Garter. Find us online, beangarter.com. Bean Garter. to the glass city gr to the motor city you're listening to x's and bros on the michigan sports network welcome back here x's and bros michigan sports network danny kate Ryan elke anthony bellino all joining you thank you for joining us no matter who you are where you are how you may be listening always a pleasure folks it is hour two it is segment two which means it's time for Detroit Lions trivia on schedule today. The game you love the most. Yesterday, I didn't even get through the trivia question before it was answered. It was a layup. Brad, change the channel, Brad. We don't know. Don't change the channel. I thought we were on schedule, you said. No, no, on schedule as far as like a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like as far as like the time of doing it. David Sloan. So the question is, but yeah, we're, we're about five days behind right now on the actual schedule. So it works out well as we continue to progress the weekends. Center Frank, Ra- Center Frank Ragnow was the Lions nominee for which NFL sportsmanship award in 2020? Walter Payton man of the year. <laughs> It's a good guess because that's originally what I thought when I looked at it too. I was like, oh. The Lady what, Bing. What sportsmanship trophy is there? Because Walter Payton Man of the Year is more about humanitarian work and everything else, but that's exactly what I thought. Like, oh, Walter Payton. Nope, not Walter Payton. It is named after an NFL owner. Really? No, definitely Jerry Jones. Uh, Sportsman of the year. Yes. Virginia McCoskey. Rooney? Bing bong. That's right. Art Rooney is the correct answer there. Art Rooney's, uh, he's got the Sportsmanship Award. So good for, uh, for Frank Ragnow, good for Art Rooney. Congratulations. All right, speaking of uh, sportsmen, numbers are in from this past weekend's events. Now, the Pistons will be back in action tonight, thank God. Um, Even though they're not very good, that's okay. The NBA All-Star Game, for as non-competitive as it was, on the actual floor itself during the game, the ratings were even worse. Even worse. The 2023 NBA All-Star Game was the least watched NBA All-Star Game in the history of the All-Star Game. According to Sports Media Watch, the game on Sunday averaged 4.59 million viewers. 
a decline from six and a quarter million the previous year. Ratings dropped twenty nine percent in twenty uh, from twenty twenty two. Viewership dropped twenty seven percent. Many factors. Many factors. What What would you say? Uh, here's here's some factors. You okay. had golf earlier, like within a couple hours of the game. You had Daytona 500, and you had The Last of Us premiere at the same exact time. It also stunk to high heavens. There's the biggest factor. Yeah, you had I don't... an hour and a half draft with six concerts in there. If you were going to come to me, Dan, and say, well, Giannis wasn't only... He wasn't the game literally started at 8.50. The Last of Us premiered at 9. That's, if, you're, that's... if you would have said <laughs> Steph Curry... Or, or no Kevin Durant, Giannis getting hurt. No, like if you would have said stuff like that, I might have said, yeah, okay. I don't think that the NBA and NASCAR are really reaching the same demographics. I don't think that the NBA... I'm saying people were out all day enjoying, probably having a Sunday fun day. They're not thinking the NBA All-Star Game is on 9 p.m. on a Sunday night. Yeah, I don't like the timing <laughs> of it. I don't. I also don't think that golf has uh, same target target audience. I don't see too many. Uh, they uh, definitely do now. Golf is hugely popular with our demo. I, I would say, look at the advertisements. Is what I would say. I, I would. I would look at the ads and see what what if any crossover advertisements you see. Or the PGA Tour. And I'm not saying that golf isn't popular with people our age. Um, but I, I think that the uh, the audience skews a little bit from one direction to the other. Uh, if I had to throw a dart at the wall. Um, the, and the game just wasn't very good. Let, let's just be honest with I mean, second half, yeah. I mean, by the time the second half started, I could watch The Last of Us because it, it goes at 9 o'clock and it goes uh, right after that. So it's like, yeah, at that point, like, I don't need to watch the ending of this game. Like, this is, even I turned it off. Even me. And I'm one of those people that, like, you know, John Wagner, like, I, I'd follow the NBA. Like, it's not, it's not even worth watching. We played the Michael Malone audio after the final. It was an honor to be a part of the weekend, but it was the worst basketball game ever played. The other NBA All-Star events, they didn't do well either. All-Star Saturday night, its lowest number in over 20 years, despite Mac McClung saving the dunk contest. The Rising Stars Challenge uh, was down to 888,000 viewers, down from one and a quarter million the year before. The Celebrity Game was up. I don't think anybody actually necessarily cares about that, but very interesting to see how uh, the ratings and and what might be said about uh, the league moving forward when we start to get to playoff time. Very interested about that. And ratings overall. Because the NBA continues to pump up this, uh, you know, they stick their chest out. Well, we're doing this, that, and the third. It's like, okay, well, I, I mean, all right. But, you know, the All-Star game, you know, it being on TNT and and it might not be accessible for everybody. I I don't know if that has. And just this the break has been so long. It's Jeez. Thursday. Play some basketball. Well, they you know load management, bro. I mean, I I know I signed to play for fifty billion dollars, but I gotta have days off. Oh, mm -hmm. the best 
was right before the All-Star break. I believe it was the Hornets last game. The sideline reporters interviewing LaMelo Ball. Saying like, hey, what are you going to do with your All-Star break? He goes, oh, it's only four days, so I'm just going to go do this. She goes, we have nine days off. He's like, nine days? Holy crap. Didn't even know. Didn't even know. Wasn't even looking at his schedule. His assistant didn't even call him to tell him like, hey, nine days off. You can go do basically whatever you want. And I think he just planned for the weekend of the All-Star weekend. Yeah, this is uh, this is way like they got to they got to all the steam that they had coming out of the trade deadline. It feels like it's just evaporated. Kevin Durant has been on the Suns for a month. He hasn't played a game. He hasn't played a game. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. I don't know how this continues to happen. I really don't. And it's like, how do you have all that momentum from the trade deadline that we were talking about earlier? Uh, Katie talking about player movement, which is great. It, great. It's great when players move. When they move on the court and do stuff that we're paying them to do. Like, that. that's what's great. That That's the kind of player movement I want. I want guys moving up down the floor. Also, you should have your all-star game before the trade deadline. Ooh. Really? Yeah. This this time right now is when the trade deadline should be happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good schedule shift right there. All-star game you play your all-star game. But the trade deadline you- like at the end of the all-star break, give teams a whole week off. <laughs> like yeah, hey, do some do some in-season tamp- tampering at the all-star break. Hey, Tell them you want to get traded over here. Oh, oh, that'd be perfect. That that screams perfect NBA right there. Oh, Shams and Woj both there on the scene of the All Star game, collecting scoops of trades. Wait, we might be onto something. And Brian Windhorst and Dave McMiniman just following LeBron James every move he makes, every step he takes. Like that's 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 windy. It's like uh, Sal Palantonio in Philadelphia, or you know Ed Werner in uh, in Dallas. So it is these these guys. That's that's just where that's their hometown. I mean, Windhorse like his that's LeBron is is his that's his breadwinner right there. We'll step aside when we return. College football is looking at changing the clock a little bit, maybe, but it's not for the reason that you might think. We'll talk about that next year. X's and Bros. Michigan Sports Network. Huge here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach. Now, he's a managing partner at Bean Garter. They are one of America's top accounting and business firms, and they're stronger than ever before with their new partnership with Dorn Mayhew from the east side of Michigan. If you're a small business, big business, and you're looking for the professionals who can help your business on any tax or business need you have, go to beangarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. And we're close to March Madness, so be looking for our huge bracket challenge where you could win big cash, courtesy of Tom Rosenbach and his team from Bean Garter. We'll have more details in the coming weeks. But if you're a business decision maker or owner and you're looking for professionals to help your business, contact Tom Rosenbach and his team at Bean Garter. B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R. T-E-R.com. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Get a taste of sweet rewards, up to $5,000 cash. Every Friday in February from 7 to 11 p.m., play for a chance to take home the chocolate bar with prizes from $1,000 premium play all the way up to $5,000 cash. 
Don't miss Sweet Rewards. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Get more for your money this week at Meyer. Right now, when you buy six select items, you'll save $3, including Prego Pasta Sauce, Dan and Light and Fit, or Oiko's Greek Yogurt, and Meyer Food Storage Bags. Plus, Coca-Cola or Pepsi products are buy six, save $3, plus deposit where applicable. And pay the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop, in-store or online. Get more for your money at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. your thoughts all morning long on the Meyer guest line call 248-951-2176 that's 248-951-2176 now back to Danny Ryan and AB welcome back here to X's and Bros Michigan Sports Network Danny Kahala Ryan Elke Anthony Bellino all joining you thank you for joining us no matter who you are where you are how you may be listening all across the great state of Michigan and in northwest Ohio as well go ahead and hop on into the show at any time text the keyword sports radio send that to 21,000 sports radio to 21000 Meyer Supercenter guest line 248951 248951217 Seven six we're on Twitter at XB Mornings, Facebook X's and Bros, and of course, good morning to our television audience as well on BCSN and now streaming live on our YouTube page, uh, Michigan Sports Network. Came across an article uh, with college football that I think is uh, is important because it's something that we have discussed here uh, because college football has a clock issue. That's why the the big noon Fox game starts at noon and doesn't end until uh, after three o'clock. That that should that that really should not happen. Uh, college football games do not need to be four hours long. But what they've tried to do here, when discussing the movement to potentially shorten the length of games, is bury it under the the veil of player safety. So, of college football rules officials right now are. You know, digging around, they had they sent a, a volunteer official who was unannounced and went into press boxes, and he went into how many plays could be saved if one of the rules of college football that v- drastically differentiates it from the NFL was going to be altered. The official was told to figure out how much time could be saved by simply letting the clock run after first downs except during the last two minutes of each half because there is no two-minute warning in the college game. Now, clock stoppages on the first down went into effect in college football in 1968. And the NCAA Rules Committee, it's kind of been a little bit of a line in the sand about what do we do here. And here's what we're calling this now. We're calling this exposures. Exposures are defined by the rules committee as the number of plays per game that athletes are on the field. Now the intent here is not necessarily to shorten the game length, but rather protect the player's health. 
Mm-hmm. How would you protect the player's health? Shorten the game. Duh. It's exactly what this is for. What do you mean? Now, he tried like a, a similar initiative last year, but the urgency has kind of picked up on this. And this is probably probably one of those things where college football has to get it done and they need to get it done quickly. Now, the committee is also uh, expected to consider allowing the clock to run after incomplete passes. I don't think that will happen. Uh, but what I do think is that I, I, I believe that we'll, we'll see this rule get changed and this will be for the betterment of the game. And how they'll disguise it is they've used this exposure. Anytime a player's on the field, how many plays are you on there on the field in a college game versus a pro game, right? They used it as the NFL would be like their baseline. And NFL games average about 105 plays per game. That includes the extra point, the kickoff, two-point conversions. Anytime the ball is in movement out of the field is a play. The FBS, the Football Bowl Subdivision, also known as Division One, I wish we'd just call it that, is around 180. 180 plays versus 155. Not only are you getting more plays, but these plays are now happening with the clock not moving. Now what they're calling into question is, you know, these players are young adults, not professionals, that are playing roughly 16% more plays than the guys at the NFL level. You've expanded the college football playoff, creating the possibility of a 17-game season which is exactly usually what you're going to end up playing in high school football to win a state championship anyway, so I don't want to hear about season length. I think that's preposterously blown out of proportion when the old guard talks about protecting college football and every game matters. There's like three good games on the schedule for a Big Ten team. There's a couple more for the SEC. Maybe it's six or seven. Every game in the NFL, every single week matters. You can't tell me that it doesn't. And if you are going to try to argue that, then I would ask you, okay, let's look at the Lions, for example. You're telling me the game against Carolina didn't matter? You're telling me the game against New England didn't matter? Yeah, but literally every single... In that sense, yes. But you can make the playoffs with not eight or nine losses in the NFL. You aren't making the playoffs with even three losses in the in college football that's kind you're of also they, not playing bowling green in the nfl you're not playing alcorn state you don't get a week that's literally referred to as cupcake week like there has to be you know that's why you have to be undefeated in college football in the big 10 if you're michigan you have ohio state you have michigan state you have Penn State. There's three. Maybe a team out of the West. Wisconsin will probably be much improved under Luke Fickle. At Iowa, only at Iowa. Oh, Iowa, gotta go to Iowa. To say if Iowa, if Iowa's, you know, you have a home game versus Iowa, then yeah. Not Illinois a, might be cute once every ten years. But I mean, what was our biggest complaint against Michigan? That somehow was overlooked when it came to Ohio State, but we'll focus on the maize and blue. What was the biggest complaint against Michigan? It was the non-conference schedule. 
and four consecutive games at home. Colorado State, Hawaii, UConn, Maryland, a month straight of football, the entire month of September, at home. Against that team, or those teams. Ohio State went, what, like seven weeks at home? Ohio State played an entire season at home and then got drilled by Michigan at the end of the year after they said they were going to toughen up. They spent all year talking about how tough they were going to be and folded like a tent in the wind. Embarrassing. They played Notre Dame at home, which was, from a branding standpoint, a really good game. What did we figure out about Notre Dame? They would lose to Marshall like two weeks later. Arkansas State at home. Toledo at home. Rockets gave them a really good opening possession. Uh, Wisconsin at home. Rutgers at home. Ohio State started off their season with five consecutive home games. They played a total of four road contests that were Michigan State, Penn State, Northwestern, and Maryland. Indiana also on that schedule before Michigan. So cool that Penn State, that's 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 a big one. Michigan State. Let's say the rest. I try to just give Michigan you, you State can, a little no, no, juice. I was there. Sorry. No, it's, no I mean, Notre Dame, to, good brand. You don't have to apologize to me for. I I feel like I do. I didn't for want to speaking the truth on that one. Yeah, I didn't want any unintended shade. No, that, it's not shade. You're just you're using hashtag facts. Yeah. Well, I just disclaimer. It was similar to the Rutgers game, I suppose. But there's like the college schedule for all the people that want to pound their fists on the table and tell me eh, like every game matters. I see a lot of meaningless games here on this schedule. Now, if you told me Ohio State was going to play Notre Dame, brand name only, I get it. Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Texas, USC, Oklahoma, Alabama, LSU. Now we're cooking. Now we got something here. That's fun. Those are good games. Those are games that we want to see. Right? That's why That's why Fox, I don't know if you guys know this, but Michigan and Texas were supposed to play a home-and-home. Home. Texas was going to jump ship to the SEC. They were like, well, when is this going to happen? And everyone's like, I don't know what's going to happen. You want to know what's going to happen? What's going to happen is Fox picked up the phone and said, we'll let you join the SEC because Fox has the Big 12 contract. We'll let you out. But you got to play Michigan at Michigan in 2024 or you're going to owe us $20 million. That's what Fox did. Fox literally sat down at the table and they said, here's your ultimatum. We'll let you out and you can go join the SEC because Texas is a major property for a television network that has the rights to this conference to which that team plays, Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 is like walking up to Fox and kicking them between the legs. Losing Texas is massive for them. Now watch how Texas will be covered by the four-letter network moving forward. This is not coincidence. This is not a conspiracy theory. It would be like if Fox lost Michigan-Ohio State. They yeah. lost Texas, Oklahoma, their number two game of college football. It's a big deal. And being able to have Texas welcome in, I think Texas was Texas, Alabama uh, this year, game number one of the season when Quinn got uh, hurt. 
Was that a Fox game or an ESPN game? That was a Fox game, I believe. Okay. So losing Texas-Alabama, what that meant, like what that could mean, like the dollar amount here, you're, you're, we're talking about money and contracts that are so involved with so much on the line, it's almost impossible for us, the regular college football fan, to comprehend. Because that too... Netflix, that too, make this series. That too runs college football. Like, you might think it's Nick Say It's not. TV runs college athletics. TV has more say in college athletics than the governing body, NCAA, and what they can do in college athletics. Texas said, we're going to leave and go Just to the Just look SEC. at all these 9 p.m. starts. When I get home... Oh, when I work an East Coast he's trying to trigger Red us. Wings game, do a half hour post game, Oof. and I get home in time to watch the second half of a basketball game that's starting in East Lansing, that is ridiculous. I made it back in time from working the Toledo Rockets game on Tuesday night to see Jalen Hood Shafino score the first bucket for the Hoosiers. That's it. By the way, uh, Texas-Alabama was game number two. I fact-checked myself real quick. On Alabama's 12-game regular season schedule, Auburn, they weren't any good, but good brand name. Austin P. Ole Miss, LSU, Mississippi State, Tennessee, all those teams were ranked at the time. That's four really good games. Texas A&M, that's a good game. Plenty of storylines, plenty of drama. Arkansas, that's a good game. And then they had Vanderbilt. Louisiana Monroe, Utah State, and Texas. So Alabama gave us seven good games, which is far more than what Michigan gave us, what Ohio State gave us, or because Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State basically all played the same schedule because they got to all play each other. That's it. That's the nucleus of the Big Ten with a sprinkle here and there of a Wisconsin, which, as I've said, 2023 under Luke Fickle, they will be improved. They will be better. I mean, they, they've be, already... Be a better the watch, too. Oh, God, yes. I mean, they're, they're bringing in wide receivers from all over the country. Like, Wisconsin football is going to change. That's the other thing when you talk about, like, good Big Ten football. Iowa's been a decent team the last two years. They made a Big Ten championship in, you know, in the last two seasons. They're the most boring team to watch on this planet. And that's saying something after the first four games that Michigan played something after watching all of Michigan State this this past <laughs> season. Good God. They should be paying us what it should do. But I see this article, right, and how we got onto this conversation was because ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips uh, stood against playoff uh, college football playoff expansion because Phillips, the chair of the college football officials, uh, board of managers that put for, forth the initial proposals here, the board consists of 10, all 10 FBS commissioners with FCS, uh, representatives. The FBS commissioners met last December in Vegas to discuss the changes that were coming to the college football playoff. And what they are going to try to do is pull the pull the rug out from everybody and say, look, we're going to pull the rug out and we're going to cover you up with it. It's like if you have a dog and the dog is, if you have any sort of sheet, like, for instance, it's wet outside, you let your dog outside. You probably have some sort of sheet. So when the dog comes in, uh, from outside, you know, if they if they have any say in the house at all, which whatever, uh, if they come in, you probably have a sheet, and they'll step on that sheet. You'll get them on the sheet so they can wipe their paws, 
And then from there, you pull the sheet over the top of them and dry them off, right? That's exactly what the NCAA is doing. They're taking exposures, right, plays in a game, and covering up the, the fact that the college football game is so long, it is damn near unwatchable, and covering that up with player safety. Here's our player safety blanket. Because you can't give me the, well, with an expanded playoff, we're playing, we're just playing too many games. No, no, because they're playing, they, oh, they're, these unpaid amateur young men are playing a professional regular season schedule. You're doing the same in high school, bro. And more teams are playing more games in high school. Because you have your 12 regular season games, half the field is going to go to a bowl game, so you have roughly 13 games for half of the teams. Well, a lot more teams make the playoffs in high school football. And a lot more teams will play that extra game, probably advance, and probably get to a 12th, 13th, or 14th game. Like it's go, It happens. Think about all the different divisions there are in high school. I mean, hell, you have 5A football in Texas. It's a lot. Now, the average time of game was up slightly in 2022 with the NFL, three hours and 21 minutes, right? And a lot of that comes from the NFL's own issues where, where it comes down to replay and everything else. But when you start to see games stretch into four hours, that just it, it just makes for a bad watch. And if the concern we can shadow this with, the number of FBS games has grown incrementally. In 1992, the SEC added a championship game. Uh, at the time, a 12th game for its two divisional winners. Now everybody plays a 12-game schedule. Now all the conferences have to have a championship game. So 13 games there. Expanded playoff. It's possible for one or both championship participants to play roughly 17 games. It could be. Georgia has played the equivalent of more than a full extra season with 13 additional games since 2017. Playoff expansion from 4 to 12. And from 3 games to 11 games. More more teams, more games, more play, more exposures, right? More player safety, quicker clock. The best thing that the, the, the college football game can do, in my opinion, get that clock moving on first downs. If the ball is in play, keep it moving. I don't know what this giant stress is to try to make things, some things different than the NFL. We're playing the same game. It's, it's as dumb. That rule is as as dumb as college basketball playing two halves when you play four quarters your entire life. You play four quarters from uh, peewee to you know middle school to junior high to high school. You step aside to play halves in college, then go back to playing four quarters, whether you play in the NBA, Eurobasket, wherever you're playing. Your local YMCA league, it's probably going to be four quarters. Like, I'm say we said this. I said this to you over the break. I'm probably the only person that likes the stop clockage. Clockage a word? I like it. It works yeah. for me. The stopped clock after the first downs. Only I love it for the end of the games. I love it where it just no no matter if it's a one score game, timeouts or not, it's gonna be exciting. Well, hopefully they'll they'll continue the excitement, but be able to you know keep that game under four hours. We'll step aside. We'll be back hour number three next here at X's and Bros Michigan Sports Network.